Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today's episode of the Can We Please Talk podcast is presented by FedEx Office. And, you know, it's a new year, Nick. Um, what do you, who do you use for when you're shipping packages around the holiday season? It's funny you brought up FedEx. I, I use them all the time. I think they're amazing service, and we just have so much stuff coming to the new house now, and right. you just need a reliable you know, partner to work with on that stuff. So, yeah, we get a lot of every, we get almost everything through FedEx. Well, you know, we're doing something great here because for all the listeners of the of the show that own a business, we're going to tell you about FedEx Office. If you're just starting or you've been running your company for generations. You know, FedEx Office obviously gives you the best way to print marketing materials, posters, signage, graphics, so much more. And, you know, with FedEx, creating, editing, saving, and ordering, it's fast and easy. So we're teaming up with FedEx and Podgo, and we're giving our listeners 30% off your next order of $100 or more if you head to podgo.co backslash FedEx. Nick, you can even use this. Nice. Podgo.co backslash FedEx for 30% off your next order. FedEx the world on time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of the Can We Please Talk podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. We got a fun episode today. We're going to be talking about the world of sports gambling. Um, something that I love doing. Nick, you love betting on games, I, I imagine? I do sometimes. I've, I've done uh, mostly point spreads, but I mean, fancy football I do and there's money involved. So well, those, yeah. those are my ways in. There's so much to the world of sports gambling and we're not really going to look at it from, you know, the legal aspects and the legislation in different states. We're going to look at it from the actual thrill of, of betting on games and, and doing a, a podcast or a show where people are prognosticating and really, you know, taking these games and telling people, look, I would take the Vikings minus seven. I would take the Jets plus three. And joining us tonight is going to be 
uh, Brian Scazzoli. He is the co-host of the Against All Odds podcast on the Extra Points Network. Uh, the Extra Points Network is a production of Cousin Sal. For those of you that know Cousin Sal, he's on the Fox pregame show. Cousin Sal, obviously, uh, an actual cousin of Jimmy Kimmel. So we're going to talk with Brian about it because Brian grew up with, with Cousin Sal and he's jumped on the podcast uh, scene in the last year. Um, and they host this you know weekly podcast picking everything from NFL games, soccer games. Um, they run the gamut. Um, and the other thing is, is he's a Raiders fan like Nick and I. So we're going to get into the Raiders. Uh, and that's where we'll really gain our attraction with our audience, Nick, uh, because it's the Raiders this year, you know, a little bit of a disappointing season. And uh, the three of us texting each other uh, about how much we loathe uh, some of the players on the team, the coaches, um, but even what that does to the the, the picks, you know, because Brian has, there's always this rule in gambling, you should never bet on or against your team. So we're going to ask him about all that. How much would you say, you said you do a lot of fantasy sports, Nick, but do you, do, you, do you gamble on any games? Like, do you do any of the sheets where you, you know, like a pick five, pick six? I haven't, I haven't done it in a while. Uh, way back when my, my dad ran a pick'em league um, at his old job, and that was awesome. That was basically, it was pure typical point spread. I mean, that's that's the kind of sports betting I've done before. Right. Um, ATS, you know, also, you know, yep. referred to as against the spread. So that's how I came up with it in terms of, that's how I came up with it for gambling. And that's what we're going to do tonight. Like all that terminology, right? There may be people out there that don't know how to place a bet. They, you know, that they don't know what, you know, money line means or when a team is plus five, you know. Um, so we're going to talk about all that tonight. Joining us now, he's a co-host of the Against All Odds podcast. That's part of the Extra Points Pod Network from Cousin Sal. And that is brother Brian. Brian Scazzoli. I keep messing it up. We're not going to redo three, it again. By the way. I've done hey, three, sir. folks, three Wheel. times off camera. So you get a, a little bit of, you know, how the sausage is made here. I cannot pronounce his last name because I've never said it before. I've known him for years. I know we've, we've known we've known each other for what? Like 12, 13, yeah. 14 years. And, and I, still, you, I, I, I had to look at a website to find yeah. out your last name but, so, but welcome to the show brian uh obviously you know me and, and my partner nick thanks for coming on tonight we're going to be talking about sports gambling and nobody better in my opinion than you to lead us down the path of how to place a bet my friend yes thank you so much for having me you guys have had like scholars on here people have brought some great books <laughs> directors and now you've gone to gambling oh, <laughs> oh yeah it's usually how it works <laughs> right. we've hit the bottom of the barrel now right, uh, right. we've crapped out it's 3 a.m in AC. And so now you're going to guide us on, on a winning path here. I, I, I want to know everything about you because um, I'm a big fan of, of Cousin Sal. Um, obviously, he used to write on Jimmy Kimmel's show. Um, and so I want to know, like, how you guys have known each other for so long. He, you know, he calls you guys affectionately the, the degenerate trifecta. But how, how, how did you guys know each other? I know you guys all grew up together and you just continue to stay friends. And then how'd you get onto the podcast? Yeah, so I, I've known Sal since I was about six. So uh, Sal's nine years older than, than I am. So, and then my brother, who's the parlor kid on the podcast, is 10 years older. So Sal actually first started dating my sister. That's how I, I knew him. When I was six, he was probably 15, 16. He was dating my sister. They were really close. And then my brother, Darren, uh, became best friends with Sal. So our families were super close. We were always at Sal's gatherings. Uh, he was at ours. So and the funny thing is I'm a little kid and I tagged along everywhere. He treated me like a little brother. But it, the funny thing is I always say to this day, I was seven years old. My dad was a football coach at our high school. 
that my brother and Sal played at. And uh, we went up to football camp and uh, my dad took me along and I was huge, obsessed with sports, everything sports. So when my dad takes me up to camp, the, the guys are always doing these pillow fights and Sal was known to have like his pillows like a brick, right? He shoved it. I don't know what he put in there, if he had soap in there. So one day I'm walking into their cabin and he was hiding behind the door. I don't think he knew a little kid was walking in and he hit me so hard in the face. I'm bleeding everywhere. There's blood everywhere. He's begging me. Do not tell your father, please do not. Tell your father. <laughs> my, my father's, my father's his coach. So like, right. I, I still say ever since that day, I feel like he, he's felt like he's owed me for whatever reason, ever since, I guess when you abuse a little child, you know, that's what happens. But, he feels like he's he's owed me. Um, so, but he's taking care of me so much. And uh, to get on to like how we started this podcast, it's really funny. Um, he's always been into picks, right? So he's been doing, you know, he was doing picks for Fox, doing picks for ESPN. I mean, Jimmy, his his cousin Jimmy Kimmel was doing picks for Fox back in the day. And Sal used to be in the background, and then soon that became Sal's role. And we've just been super into gambling since uh, since I was a little kid. And, um, you know, he had been doing guest the lines with uh, Bill Simmons. And uh, so he had reached out to us. It was literally like two days before. He's like, guys, I'm about to sign a deal with, with the ringer to do a gambling podcast. He's like, do you guys want to do it? And I was like, uh, are you sure? Like, I, I don't really like talking to people. I don't really like, you know, I don't really like doing some of this stuff. And you do not like talking to people. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. No, I, I do not. And, um, he basically was like, look, we're just going to do an extension of our text. Our text messages are always crazy, funny gambling stories, different things happening. He's like, that's all I want. Uh, we did the night before we went on the ring. We did like a five minute. Um, we did like a five minute clip to see it, if it would work. I thought I was the worst. I thought I was so bad. I was like, he's just this is never going to work out for me. Um, but the first show ended up being very good. And then we've had success ever since. So it's been, it's been good for us. Yeah, it's a fun listen for sure. Gambling seems betting at least is kind of gone to the mainstream. Like now yeah. it's just casually talked about. Um, obviously, would you know get into the Raiders at some point, but you know, you got Brent Musburger, you know, calling you know, radio, yeah. calling the games on radio. Um, you know, he has a show out through Sirius, you know, my guys in the desert. There's this blend over the last few years about gambling and sports, which used to seem to be a bit of a separation, like it was a thing you don't talk about. What do you think has bridged that gap to make it more mainstream, like the way we're chatting about now? Yeah, it's funny. I don't know, right? So, like, we're known as the degenerate trifecta, right? Degenerate was always looked at, like, very negatively, right? Now it's kind of looked at funny in the gambling world. But it's funny. We knew we knew years ago, and Sal had this vision that it was kind of headed that way, right? It was going to slowly but surely, there were some states that wanted to get into legalized sports betting. Um, but, yeah, it really has married the two. I mean, you were definitely looked at. If you, had, if you were a gambler, you were looked at, like, as, like, a drug user, right? Almost like... Uh, that's how you were looked at. Um, and you were looked at as a degenerate where now it's just, you get a lot of people that, you know, go on FanDuel, go on DraftKings and they're just, they're just casually bet, you know, casually betting a few dollars here or there. And it's, it's definitely gone. I mean, it's definitely gone real mainstream. I, I think, you know, the money's always kind of been there, whether it's behind the scenes or like a legitimate corporation running it. But um, it, I, it's, it's hard to say what, was the snowball effect right in terms of how it became it became okay in society 
I mean, as, as we were preparing to talk to you tonight, and like you mentioned, you know, you're in that pathion with all these scholars that we bring on, and <laughs> former presidential aides, I know. Uh, right? I know. You're right there with all of them. So don't, <laughs> don't shoot yourself short. But just as you were saying that, you know, like 50% of people that are 18 or older have placed a bet. Yeah. So I want to ask you, I, I, I'm, I'm a gambler. Uh, I went down that rabbit hole of, of being a degenerate. I'm using air quotes for people not watching us on YouTube. But when the first time you placed a bet, did you win, lose? What was the bet? Like, how much was it? And then explain a little bit of like sports gambling, because you're known for it on the show. Like, what are your bet aches of the week, which you guys do a segment on your worst beats? And, and explain to people like, what it is that you're betting on, what money line means, what like, you know, plus the points means, because there's a lot of people out there that probably don't know some of this terminology in game. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't, I, whenever, you know, if I bring it up to a lot of people, they still, even people gamble, they still have, there's people gamble casually and they still have no idea. If you say minus 150 or plus 150, they don't really know the difference. Right. So, um, but I will say, you know, how I really got started in gambling was I've always been obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with sports. My dad was a coach. I was the youngest of six kids. We were all really competitive in sports. And the one thing is I started out in fantasy football. Like when fantasy football was in, in its infancy stages, right? It was like in the 80s. I was seven years old in a league with my brothers and like 30 and 40-year-old men. And I was just obsessed with it. And, you know, I, I remember winning at a really early age and that kind of just got me into that competitiveness around watching sports and gambling. And, and, um, but I do remember my first like bet, not money wise, but my first bet I had, um, I remember I was in sixth grade and I had a bunch, I had a ton of whatever reason I had a ton of Michael Jordan, like hologram upper deck cards. And I just, and my buddy, we all would bring our cards to school and show them off. And my, one of my buddies had, I forget what card he had, but he was a big Bulls fan and I was a big Knicks fan. So it was 1992 and I bet him in the series that the Knicks would beat the Bulls in 92. Um, I lost pretty much every one of my cards. The Knicks lost in set. They lost, they got beat up in game seven of that series. I lost almost all my Michael Jordan cards that are probably worth a ton today. I don't even know. I don't even know what they're worth. I think, I think we're past the statute of limitations. So <laughs> I think so. So that's kind of, that was like my first bet um that way and it's funny then as i was growing up i mean i was always younger than you know i was nine years younger than sal 10 years younger than my brother we would go we would go to ac and um and this wasn't even sports betting at the time we would go to ac and they would sneak me in and i'm you know i'm 16 years old in a casino and i'm playing you know i'm playing video blackjack and i'm playing black you know i look like i you know i was 16 but i had a beard kind of so a goatee so i kind of look a little bit older um so then, yeah, with sports betting, then it kind of just happened naturally through, I think I started putting in, Sal used to kind of be back in the day, like when he was in college, was like somewhat of a bookie. And he, him and Harry on the podcast talk about some of their stories, which are great. And um, I used to put in like really small bets through Sal, uh, especially during the football season. So that's when I first started getting it. And I don't know if you do like back in the day, I'd have friends, you know, friends' fathers, they would come around with those tickets, those game cards. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like three, you pick six, right? Yeah. $3 and pick three up, like three to 10, you know, yeah. cards. And that that's what I would do. And I just became um, obsessed with it. And then it's just grown and grown and grown. And it's like, 
that's that's kind of just now it's become my life. You mentioned you mentioned about FanDuel and I mean daily fantasy now. Where do you see the trend going to? Because daily fantasy feels a little like day trading. Like yeah. this is kind of like now anyone can just get in on it on a given day and you know throw money up. Um, what's the trend going forward though? Where do you see like either new sports that people are starting to wager on or um, just different things coming out of that? Oh, there's definitely, yeah. I mean, it's a good question in terms of daily fantasy. If you'll start seeing maybe other sports, I always wonder, and they're probably not allowed to do it necessarily on the college level, uh, but what you'll, you know, some new sports, you'll definitely see it on. I mean, the daily fantasy, it's like, I'll play, I'll play daily fantasy a decent amount, but what I'm like entrenched in gambling, like in betting on the games, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like when you're in, 20 different fantasy leagues 20 and you're just like i'm rooting for this guy but i'm also rooting for this guy right or if i'm rooting for this i'm rooting for this so when i'm betting all these games it's it's hard to you know bet a team to win or bet a team on the spread and then you also have all of these other fantasy things that you're also doing i mean i don't get me wrong i will put a few dollars on that um here or there but i i do see yeah you're going to get more and more sports i mean it's funny i'm actually big into I'm actually big into the women's sports. So it's, I've probably gambled on more women's sports than anybody I know of. Anybody. I, I, I think, I think you may have a problem, my friend. I think I, you need a podcast. Is <laughs> the recommendation from, from yeah. Dr. Mike. You've officially entered the degenerate. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. how you step into it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. Yeah. I had some crazy streak. Um, betting women's uh, college, the College World Series for for softball um, two years ago, some crazy streak. Where I think I won fifteen and zero during the playoffs there, and it's like I was betting like women's lacrosse where I could. I was wherever I could find it, I was betting. So I do think there's going to be some. I do think what your question was. I think there's going to be some of these smaller sports that are going to try to get more traction, and to get that attraction, they're going to you know they're going to be involved a little bit more with gambling. Brian, you know, um, you text me all the time. I want to let our audience know because Brian and I root for the exact same four sports teams in the four major sports, which is impossible because we're Knicks, Yankees, Islanders, and Raiders fans, which is even crazier, right, that we root for that kind of combination of teams. But you text me all the time, who do you like this weekend? And I text you back, and then I hit three for three, but I didn't bet on it. You bet on it, right? And then no, I didn't and, bet. Well, the problem no, you, is I didn't bet on you. Right? <laughs> I, I already had put in bets that I lost on. Right, but um, but but now you're in charge of you're you're almost disseminating information to gamblers out there, right? Like it's a it's a show about gambling, and people are coming there going, "Well, this guy likes it." And then what yeah. happens on the flip side, like when you lose, I, yeah. I think you told me a story off air, but like you've ever gotten any, you know, nasty comments from fans or anything like that. We're like, Hey man, you cost me money this weekend. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely do, especially at the beginning. Right. So like when we were first doing it, if we have a bad night, you know, we'll, we'll still get killed every once in a while. Um, so that's where, that's where though, I do like, if I'm going to give out a pick on the show, I'm going to bet a good amount of money on that pick. Cause I also don't want it to be like, I'm giving you that information. And if I, if I lose, it's just like, Oh, you guys lost, but I, I, I don't bear any of that. So I'm giving you picks that I personally like that I'm going to bet on. Uh, the one thing about our podcast that I'll say, especially with Sal is like, look, we are degenerates. That's part of it. And we're having a lot of fun with it. This is just what we do. We're obsessed with sports. We're obsessed with gambling. 
we're not necessarily like we we study so like as part of like when I'm gambling, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the data, but I'm also gonna have you know what what are my instincts? What what's my gut telling me with this game? I've watched sports my whole life, you know, and it's probably inherently wrong what I'm thinking. Um, but um, so. Uh, I don't know where the hell I was going with that. No, no, you were going to say <laughs> that, that, that you are not a source of information. Well, so or, like, like, you know, like there, people should there, treat you as the Bible, like as a well, source of. Yeah, so the, that's the thing, right? So there are people that are in it solely for the numbers, right? And then you you just become pretty much, you know, you're a robot. We're having a little bit more fun with it. And that's where we get into our aches and like the bad beats, you know, that that, that we've had over the over the week, over the course of the week, over the course of the weekend. And it, it's a little, it's a little different. Like if I'm just going, like if I wanted to, I was always good in math. If I wanted to study the numbers and really analyze it from a crazy, crazy side, I could do that and just look at it that way. But I also don't think I'd have fun with it. You know, if I was solely looking at the numbers, I wouldn't care about the games as much, you know, it'd just be like the games, are, it's just a job. That's it where I don't want it to be that way. I still want it to be a good mix of, I'm having fun. I'm also, you know, I'm doing my research on it, but I'm also having fun with it. Um, so that's, that, that is the difference with like against all odds versus some of these, some of the, you know, there, there are some great podcasts out there that are just giving you numbers, facts, facts, you know, that, you know, they might have, they might have some different information in there that, that I might not have access to, or they might build their own models that we don't have access to, but um, it's a little bit more, you know, it's a little more robotic that way it used to be that the big tip used to the big tipping point used to be vegas like someone would say there's a huge swing in vegas and then suddenly you know people maybe recalibrate their bets think twice and whatnot does that still feel the same way like does like that kind of shift kind of make you all think a little differently or maybe you know hedge a better too um or is there something are there other things coming up now you know be it social media you know all kinds of stuff that's becoming available as far as data goes that may be a little bit more like 21st century, like that's what we should really rely on in terms of like what, uh, what informs um, trends in betting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good question, right? Yeah. You see that, you'll see that shift in that money, right? Where the sharks will come in, they'll put in a ton of money and it'll shift the line. Whereas, you know, maybe the percentage of money's up, but the amount of bets is small, right? So, or you'll see some like reverse line movement. That's, that's kind of weird. So I, I will look at that and I will, if the, that's part of the problem, right? you maybe you'll put in a bet and then all of a sudden you see that shift and you're like, Oh crap. Like the, the, the smart money is going that way. That doesn't, that doesn't fare pretty, that doesn't fare well for me. Um, I will say this year it's um, this year, especially has been a little bit difficult with the pandemic and people being out and it's just, uh, especially college football. I mean, college football was kind of a mess, you know, obviously a yeah, team could have 20 guys out and you're like, oh, I just put in I put in a bet on Tuesday and the line was minus three. Now it's. Yeah. Now and the, it's, and the uh, home field advantage yeah. too. But yeah. yeah. Some people have player uh, fans in the crowd and some don't. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it's like, so that's been, I, I, I will say like that side of it's been, that side of it's been very difficult to predict. It's made things a little, you would have thought, it, I would have thought it would have made things a little bit easier, right? No home field, you know, really no home field, just the better team would kind of win. Um, but it kind of hasn't really, necessarily been about that you know um to get back to your point like yeah are, are there certain things like 
are there certain data things that you look at now or certain things? And so, I mean, there is so much information now and I will say that that is also good um, in terms of from the social media, you know, you might follow somebody who has up to date information on just what's happening. You know, you normally wouldn't have seen that, right? Like you maybe just saw the line move but you wouldn't know actually why it's moving. Um, whereas now, you know, from social media, you'll see, you know, you'll get those things that, you know, 80% of the money is here, which I never would have seen that years ago, but that's, that's kind of out, out in the open right now. Right. So a typical day for you or weekend, because obviously we tape in today on a Thursday, we've got college hoops is in full swing. The NBA is in full swing. Uh, NFL playoffs are this weekend. What are you looking at? Or, you know, you, you guys mentioned that you have a text chain open. So you're looking at lines that are, you know, starting at the beginning of the week, they're coming down. What have you placed a bet on already? What would you recommend for people that want to place some bets in the coming days, weeks, futures, things like that? And explain that too, what, what that means for people. Yeah. So uh, my big bet that it's, so after we did the podcast on Tuesday, forgets a lot of time, I did put in my best bet, my teaser, which was, the Ravens getting eight and the Packers minus a half. So that was my first big bet for the week. I will say for any of the bets on the weekend, what I, because of COVID and everything going on, um, I have been waiting a lot until, you know, the Friday, usually like the Friday or the day before the playoff game started, or even the day of, I know you might get a much worse line at that point in time, but at least, you know, who's playing in the game. If somebody's going to be out if something, Whack. I mean, again, this is this year's a little bit different than normal, but I've experienced that this year where I put in bets early in the week. And then again, the line has shifted seven to 10 points. Uh, and then you end up getting screwed and you know, you've already kind of lost the bet before it even starts. So that was my big best big bet for the week. Uh, I am curious what you like this week since you went three and zero on Sunday. I mean, I do like. I, I would like for you now. now here's the thing: we're, we're taping. I'm a, I'm a call. I'm gonna look at lines. <laughs> we're tape, We're taping this show, and it's probably not gonna. It's probably gonna air after the weekend game. So I'm gonna look like an amazing okay. prognosticator. <laughs> and we also have it on tape that I went three and zero when you texted this me guy. asking me about games. It's gonna look even better to our audience. So um, yeah, yeah it, so. I, I mean, I'll tell you who I like. So I, I do like the Ravens a little bit, getting two and a half. Um, I like the Packers minus six and a half. Um, I just think golf with the broken finger in, this, in the 20-degree weather is not going to be great. Um, I kind of like – I mean, obviously, I like Kansas. I mean, we, you and I both hate Kansas City. We the like three of the, us. The three like, of us. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I like them, uh, obviously, to win the game, but 10 points is probably too high, so I'd probably take the Browns to maybe cover in that one. Um, or if you like the Browns, I think the one thing is if you like the Browns, maybe take the Browns in the first half. I think they're getting six and a half points. And then um, the other one, the, the, the Bucks. Right now, I'm going back and forth on that one. I like the over in that game. It was over 51 and a half for I don't know if that line's changed today. It's 52 I, now. 52, yeah, it makes sense that it went up a little bit. I like the Bucks a little bit, but I'm not. I, I it seems like everybody loves the Bucks getting the three, so I'm not. I'm not necessarily convinced. Uh, I probably will end up betting the Bucks. So, so what do you like? I mean, look, because I'm gonna bet whatever you tell me tonight. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm putting in that bet. You're going to put it in? <laughs> All right. So you said you like Saints Bucks over. 
Um, yes. And what, Nick, you have the lines up. What are the Bucks getting? Bucks are getting three. Okay, of course they are. Um, so that, that kind of means Vegas only gave them three points because the Saints are home and the Saints do have fans that are there. And that's something we're going to explain to our audience, Brian. Like a lot of the times Vegas gives these lines, you start off as a three-point favorite just for being home a lot of the time. So yeah. that, that kind of means that Vegas thinks that this is going to be a pretty even game. Um, I wouldn't touch the game. Uh, I do agree with you about the over. I could see that kind of being a 31-27 game. So you're going to sweat the over on that. I uh, Ravens, I like them plus the points. You know, the Bills did not play well against against the Colts at home. You would have thought they would have played a little bit better, juiced up because they got clearance from New York to have some fans at the game. Um, I agree with you on the golf stuff. He's not healthy. Uh, it's going to be cold. Aaron Donald was able to run amok because it was perfect for him. That game was tailor made for him. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit different against the Packers in the cold, but I don't know what the weather's going to be like. That's something to keep an eye out. Chiefs, you know, you know, if you, it, it, when you were looking at the last year with the Texan game and they're, and they're down 24, nothing. And you're, and, and I'm sure that game, they were probably seven, eight point favorites. This is kind of like a similar game where you could see the Browns jumping on them 14, nothing to start the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, that game's got, you know, 35, 20 written all over it. So I would, I would, if I was betting, I would take the Browns and tease them up similar to like what we talked about with how you like to tease up Ohio state getting, because you, (laughs) you, you think the talented team will keep it within three scores. Um, But I, I, so I would take Browns plus, I would take Packers. I would take Ravens and Bucks Saints. I would take uh, the over, but so I, I think the Bucks. I think the Bucks will win. I think the Bucks may win that game. We're kind of aligned then. There, yeah. we're pretty much aligned. What about you, Nick? What do you like? I, yeah, I mean across the board. Yeah, I take the Packers because you know because golf's hurt, and I mean I just that quarterback situation's bad. Donald was hurt in that previous game, so that doesn't make me think. But giving up six and a half at Green Bay, yeah, you know, I, I like. I'm taking the Packers at that point because I think they win. I think they win at least by like nine or 10. Um, I'm taking Baltimore on, on the road easily. Um, partly, I, I think Lamar just played better. A, a year ago against Tennessee, we saw a completely different Lamar Jackson. I think he plays he plays a lot better. Um, Buffalo keeps it close, but I think the Ravens go ahead. I think Kansas City smokes Cleveland. They have played, they played a close last few weeks. I think they turn it up. Um, the Browns are just so up and down since that game against Baltimore. They put up like 40 something points. Um, it's shaky. Pit, I mean, that Pittsburgh game last week, I throw out because the Steelers have yeah. just been horrible yeah. since, the, since the Washington game, you know, back like, almost four weeks ago. We've seen a downward spiral there. They're about to play a much better quarterback in Mahomes. So I take, I take Kansas City with, uh, getting, giving 10. Um, Bucks Saints. I'm, I take it the Saints. I think they. I, I think they. I think this would be a clean sweep for them. Um, yeah, they, la- blew, last, they blew them out the two times they faced. Yeah. You know, la- last week Tampa plays a you know a team with a third string quarterback that keeps it close, and that's a, a, a Washington defense that didn't necessarily bring that front four that we thought they would. It was actually, but Tampa actually struggled there. I think the Saints have it all over them, so I take I take them I take them giving three. That's a really good point about the about the Tampa and the and the Saints and how the and the Bucks last week were just 
struggling against a Redskin team with a guy who has his LinkedIn resume <laughs> up and, and he's working in insurance. Um, well, uh, see, well, stop, stop the slander on Heineke. That, right. That's not happening on this seriously, show. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> his, his last name I can get right. I can't get Brian's last I know. name. I know. There say you go. That right. <laughs> right. So, so, Brian. All right, now we're really going to bore our audience uh, until I tag this episode with Oakland <laughs> and Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the three of us Get ready. share something in common. We were childhood fans of the Oakland Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders. We have loved the team with a passion. The two of you have both texted me separately that you're both leaving. And then the next year, as soon as they uh, look good in the preseason, you're both back. But Brian's kind of hesitant, still doesn't want Carr. Uh, each of us is going to go right now. And we're going to analyze what is wrong with the Las Vegas Raiders. So, Brian, we'll start with you. You're the what? guest, man. You first. You, you first. Well, you're a guest in our house. What's wrong with Las Vegas? And what do they need to do to get back to, well, to being a playoff team? It's been so frustrating, right? So I will say, like, I am, I have been pessimistic my whole life, right, around the Raiders, at least, especially, I mean, since I've known you, at least, Mike, that I've, I've been nothing but negative towards the Raiders. But they're, they've given us nothing really great to look forward to, right, over these last uh, 20 years, but I do think their biggest problem right now is, I mean, well, obviously we know the defense, how bad that, de- I mean, it seems like, you know, people say this year, they're setting records of how bad they were for as a Raiders defense. So I'm like, Oh man, I just remember them a few years ago, how bad they were. I mean, it, it, we were actually worse than, than that year. So our defense is atrocious, but my biggest problem has been, especially for the last two years, is we have missed on these drafts. We have, we have gotten killed in these drafts. We, you know, we take Farrell, we take, uh, we take Farrell with the fourth pick, a guy who was projected to be an end of the first round pick. And it's like, well, you know, he's a team guy, you know, obviously Gruden's had an infatuation or Mayock with the, with the, the these Clemson kids or Ohio state cornerbacks. So we blew that one. He stunk. I mean, Crosby, Crosby panned out, but a fourth round pick. Um, you know, this year, and then we've, we've missed on multiple, multiple picks, but then this year we come back, right? We get, we have two picks in the draft. We, we botch it again. We take, uh, we take rugs over lamb. You and I loved lamb. Yeah. We want it. We want Nick, Nick, Nick did, Nick did too. Nick loved it. I actually like Judy in that draft, yeah. but, but well, regardless, I, like rugs was not the pick there. Yeah. I loved, I loved Judy. I, yeah, I'll be honest. Yeah. Lamb and Judy to me were, you know, one, a one B and it's funny. Judy struggled a lot too this year. I mean, he cost the Broncos the that one game. He just kept dropping balls all over the field. But um, so yeah, those two guys, you had Jefferson, but that Ornette pick our second, our second pick in that draft, we're taking a guy 30 to 60 picks before he's even projected. He's a 24-year-old cornerback who and we know we had we had this issue with Ohio State cornerbacks before. So with Conley, right? So who is terrible. Uh, so we get, and then this year our net's on the field. It's nothing but concussion, concussion. Again, he's older. And then I, I I'm seeing um, you know, I'm seeing the Cowboys draft, uh, who they they drafted Diggs, right? So they get Lamb and Diggs who both perform well for them. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying Ruggs is, you know, there's spurts where Ruggs shows maybe what he could potentially be. Maybe he can be right. the Ty- Tyreek Hill of this team, possibly. And obviously, for as much as I badmouth the Raiders and their offense, as much as I badmouth Carr all the time, their offense really, 
was not the overall problem. The, the offense is the problem when they need them to make a big play sometimes late in games or a, a bad turnover here or there by Carr uh, in certain games. But again, the defense has been atrocious. You know, we sign these linebackers to big deals. They don't really necessarily perform for us. But our D-line, I, I guess it all starts with the D-line. You know, besides besides Mac, who is a line, you know, DN linebacker, I mean, we have not, I mean, we have, we have Crosby, but we have, we have swung and missed on pretty much everybody on that line between, you know, whatever we get from Arden Key, Malik Collins, all those guys, we're, we, we're just not getting, we're not getting a lot from them. All right, Nick, you give us your assessment as to why <laughs> you continue, this. <laughs> why you continue to jump off the bandwagon <laughs> towards the end of the season. And then you text me back. This guy looks good. I think we're going to be good this year. Why don't you give your assessment of what happened? Sure. Well, to, to, the, to the question about, you know, what is the problem with the team? It is the defense. Um, I think the last time I checked it, you know, you know, Las Vegas was third on third down completions. I'm sorry, third down conversions as an offense. It's one of the better offenses in the league. They stay on the field. Um, but defensively, they were ranked 30th in the league, 30th or 29th, depending on when, when I checked. That sums it up. Like that to me is the behavior of an eight and eight team. Like it's wildly inconsistent. And they've been that way. I mean, you saw it last year. I mean, it's the craziest thing that in two years in a row, they end the season in Denver with the decision to go for two. How do you go 365 days and it comes down to the exact same thing? And this year, the result is different. You know, they get the two-point conversion, which results in actually a lower pick this year. Yeah. Um, so I tend to be optimistic. You're catching me on a good day. I, I tend to be optimistic about <laughs> uh, about this team, you know, making some changes. They just got Gus Bradley as a defensive coordinator. Good good decision. I, it, was, it was probably him or probably Chris Richard out of uh, Dallas. So I think this seems to be the better situation. Bradley runs a cover three. They're going to have to figure out how to, you know, adjust the safety accordingly. Um, but I, I mean, I agree with Brian on those, the last two years of first round picks, you're looking at five picks in two years where there's this aura of like trying to outsmart people. And I think that was the concern I had about Mayock as a, as a general manager is this isn't about being smarter. Like you need productivity. Like you're taking Farrell with the fourth pick. You've got Brian Burns you've, available. I mean, you've got, Josh Allen available. You've got speed rushers in, in, you know, 2021, the defensive end position is actually more of a defensive edge. It's an edge rusher. That's actually when you go to like draft network or any place to, you know, study this stuff, that's actually what you're trying to get with a high pick. They move away from it. They go to a traditional four, three defensive end much higher in 1995. That made sense in 2020. There's no 20. Yeah. 2020. There was no reason for that. Um, Jonathan Abram, there's a huge question mark there because you got a hard hitting, strong safety. Like, where are you going to place him? There's already talk about who you can get as a free as a free agent, free safety, or you know, possibly in the draft. So there's a there's this really weird behavior. Arnett's a really good point. That made no sense to me. Like a good metric on draft day is if you take someone and everyone says who, right. you done screwed up. <laughs> You don't screwed up, and to, to have to have Mayock say, "Well, you know, we've, you know, th- this was the guy we hoped for," then you're a fool. Then, and I don't know how long you, how you stay at NFL Network that long. If that if you're if reaching is what we're doing, first round picks are slam dunks. They should be. 
It should be instant impact players or trade down. And that's their biggest problem. All right, let me talk both of you off the ledge. You guys both know I'm the constant <laughs> optimist, not only on this show, uh, as we talk to scholarly, worldly people. And now we're talking about something so scholarly and worldly, like the Las Vegas Raiders, as we lose our entire uh, podcast fan base. Um, the Raiders, for me, are always a, a sore subject because there's talent. The roster has talent. Derek has talent, right? He's got a little bit of between the ears. He's got the arm strength, but he's hesitant. We, we talk about this all the time. The, two, the, the three of us text each other separately. You know, Derek should have taken off running there. Derek should have dumped it. He had a guy wide open. So it has to start with the quarterback, right? Not advocating for whether or not we should get rid of him because the, 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 the infatuation with the fan base is who's better than him. And you've seen this in other places, right? Like who's better than this guy? That doesn't mean that there isn't a guy that exists, right? There's this hesitation by a lot of fans to move away from him. Well, they point to the defense. Okay, so let's look at the defense, right? They, they missed a lot in free agency this year. Kwiatkowski was hurt in a bunch of games. Littleton didn't have his best season. He admitted it himself. The D-line on the draft side has been non-productive. Even the guys that they've brought in on, on bye weeks, off weeks, you know, Vic Beasley, the, these guys, uh, the Irving, these guys are giving you nothing, right? And the Raiders are what? Near the bottom and pass rush. Coaches are known for saying it starts up front on both sides of the ball with the lines, the Raiders have the worst D line in the NFL and they have one of the better offensive lines in the NFL. That's why their offense is in the top and their defense is in the bottom. The problem is that sentence because now when the offense doesn't convert a third down to Nick's point on the third down conversions, because for some reason, John's leaving Josh Jacobs on a third and one out of the game. So he can put in Alex Ingle to run it and get stuffed. That is a problem. When your offense doesn't stay on the field, now it brings back out the bad defense. However, Having said all of that, the two of you, with your pessimism, nine games in, the Raiders every year, the last two years, are six and three. So what's happening? we got to analyze the collapse. The collapse of this is what's at the key of this. Because if you watch from week nine of last year and in week nine of this year, NFL Network, all these people, the Raiders are the team to beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Saints. Everyone was talking about that. So what happens in these collapses, right? We got to analyze what the teams that the Raiders were playing did to them. And it's real simple. These teams just started opening it up and they stopped. They keyed in on Derek. And now all of a sudden to that, to, to Nick's point, you put the Raiders in positions where they can't get off the, uh, they get off the field on third down. And now that bad defense is back out there. And we saw it time and time again, John's making decision makings. You have to play almost a near perfect game from a game plan, right, and the offense execution. Because we're averaging 27 points a game, and we're giving up 31. So <laughs> the math guy, Brian, would tell you we are down four already. <laughs> so I think that's the, the first thing we have to do is, in the offseason, Gruden and Mayock really have to start to – they need to bring in a talent evaluation guy for the draft. I think we all agree with that. There's got to be somebody that can evaluate – talent because we're drafting from these high schools and these guys are not producing and we're drafting guys Arnett Robertson Nick Nelson those are three corners I mentioned and all three of them have not played significant time on the field and and they rank near the bottom in pass deflections interceptions you know and and just whatever cover corners uh cover 
coverage stats there are, they're near the bottom. I know it for sure. D-line, like you mentioned, Crosby panned out, Farrell didn't. That's an awful ratio. I talked to David Deal a while back when the Raiders had the draft and they took Colton Miller and, and the rest of that draft class. He was like, I hate your draft class. Like it is so bad that the Raiders don't understand their position on the draft board and what they need. And, and they reach, they continue to reach. So the entire draft process has to be analyzed. I think they bring back Carr. I think they're going to do the same thing of bringing back competition to push him. And I think for the first time in a while, John will finally understand that every single free agent acquisition or defensive pick needs to be spent on defense. Even if they don't pan out, if they don't pan out, you're going to lose your job earlier than, than not. But the fan base is clamoring right now for one common thing. It was get rid of Paul Gunther, done. Fix the defense. Got hired a defensive coordinator that kind of knows his ways, although Brian's not crazy about him because <laughs> the Charger defense was awful this year. But, but forget about that. Every single pick and every single resource has to be spent on defense. Now, we're not looking at the big, the big picture. Mahomes, Herbert. We're looking up in the quarterback race. And how do you get out of a division? So the Raiders need to continue to answer that question. That's why they drafted Ruggs, because they saw Tyreek Hill, right? They need to, if they're going to draft based off that, hey, this team has this guy, and that's why they're ahead of us, so we need to get that guy. If you're going to keep up that same mentality, these guys got to start panning out. So it, it's such a combination of things, but I'm more on the optimistic side because, like you mentioned, Nick, you know, and, and Brian, too, the offense was really good this year. There were moments, you know, just look at that chief game on Sunday night at home. Car scores with a minute 30 left. And, and again, now you got to put the bad defense out there. But that's the problem. Derek, Derek did his job, right? So now what happens? And, and that's where the Raiders need to answer that question. And maybe this is a good learning uh, curve for these guys because two years in a row, seeing your, your team at six and three and getting all this praise and, hey, at minimum, we'll finish 10 and six and we'll be in the playoffs. And both years, seven and nine, eight and eight. And it's like you're, you're scrapping for that 17, 18, 19th pick. And that's, I, I think John is going to take that to heart and really kind of listen to, you know, what can I do better coaching wise? Because yeah, I know offense. Let me, I got to keep these guys out there. I got to keep my bad defense out there. But I also got to fix that bad defense. So yeah. I'm more of the optimistic. I think they figure it out because they pay more attention to it. I wouldn't be shocked if they bring in a talent evaluation guy that is specifically known for defense. And maybe, maybe it's Gus Bradley brings in somebody on his staff and they just start to change it and, and start to devote more of their draft and free agency attention towards the right kind of fit on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Let, let's hope. I mean, that's, that's part of the, th you know, like you were saying what happened later in the year, it's always, it's funny, right? It, it happened last year. It happened this year. All of a sudden our, our run game, which seems, well, last year, especially in, in 2019, probably our run game was, it was a little bit better probably, but then in the same thing in 20, you start off your run games pretty good. Your line's been great. And then the, the run game kind of fades away a little bit late in the season, which, puts a burden on their defense. And you know Gruden wants to keep that defense off the field. That's the main thing, right? It's like even Kansas City knows that sometimes, right? You just need to extend drives, extend drives. Just And that that was always my problem. That was always my biggest problem with Carr is that, yes, he puts up points. Yes, we put up points. But when we need, like, 
you know, when you need to scramble and get seven yards for a first down to extend the drive to keep your defense off the field. Like those were the things we were never really doing. And we, and just because we know the defense is so bad. So it's, it's frustrating. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, it's going to be, I mean, our defense is so bad. I mean, yeah, we can, we can hope Gus Bradley. Uh, I mean, Gus Bradley should definitely be better than Gunther. Uh, my, my biggest concern was, yeah, the Chargers defense was awful and they had a lot more talent than we did. So, um, but also that's under Anthony Lentz. So I don't know. Um, but I, I, my biggest concern is, yeah, we're going to go into this draft. It's going to be Gruden's draft again. He's going to want his certain guys. He's going to have his vision. Uh, we had Lombardi on the podcast last week and he, you know, he worked with the Raiders and Al Davis and, you know, he, he's very much a lot, you know, in tune to what Gruden does. And he's like, it's pretty much all Gruden, right? So it's probably very limited. Mayock is probably just there to agree with Gruden more so than to uh, uh, reject some of his ideas. Yeah, and that could be a detriment, you know. Yeah. yeah. Today's episode was, can we please talk about the Oakland Raiders? For <laughs> that weren't keeping track. Um, as, as Brian, we, we really appreciate you coming on tonight, talking about not only the world of gambling, but uh, our, our love for the Las Vegas Raiders and our passion for them yeah, and our you. and our hatred for them, uh, as evidenced by that conversation. You can catch Brother Brian on the Against All Odds podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. Brian, thanks so much for jumping on, man. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me uh, next time i'll come on we'll uh, we'll bash the knicks a little bit oh yeah oh, can't wait for that one <laughs> i don't work at msg anymore <laughs> so yeah that was brother Bry from the against all odds podcast you can check out that podcast uh wherever you get your podcast apple stitcher google uh, spotify it's a really fun listen with cousin sal nick i don't know if you you listen to the show but i mean they're they're just great the banter that they have with each other the bets that that they place and lose um it's a it's a fun show to listen i recommend it for a lot of people out there and he, he just gave you a great insight into you know gambling a lot of people may not even know how to place a bet at, you know what you know taking a team money line means so i love talking with brian man yeah my hope is anyone that listened to this this show is uh, or watching it just got a great um just a refresher or just it's for their first time like if you're looking to place a bet um Brother Bryce shows fantastic with Cousin Sal, obviously tonight talking about really how to do it and just his background in sports gambling. And it's the thing to do, folks. People are fancy leagues. People are placing bets. We're going to have March Madness maybe this year. Who knows with what's going on with the pandemic? It's a casual thing these days. And Brother Bry does a great job of just making that more accessible to listeners and viewers. Go check out that podcast, Against All Odds podcast. For, in terms of our podcast, obviously, hit the subscribe, follow button. Uh, you can check us out wherever you get your podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. Check out our Instagram and Twitter, TikTok page, at Can We Please Talk Podcast. We'll see everybody next time. Take care. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 